0: Welcome to the Hook and Ladder Podcast, Week 1 Picks, Justin Sante, Colin O'Donnell. Um, we're back, full swing of things. Rutgers football plays a standalone game on Sunday, Notre Dame's already 1-0, and we've got a full slate of college football starting Thursday night. Good games Thursday, good games Friday, good games Saturday, and good games Sunday, and a good game Monday. So uh, what more could you want? Colin, what's up?
1: It's great to be back. It's great to be back in the swing of things. Um, yeah, I mean... Thursday through Monday, just fantastic football.
0: Yep. It started last week. Uh we kind of got a little bit of an appetizer. Um, no real good games. You said last week, Colin, that it didn't feel like an actual game week by the time kickoff came. Did it did it change for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, by the time kickoff came, I was like, okay, like this is a game. We gotta win this, but it was such a blowout that the uh that the the <laughs> the game day stress didn't really hit that much, which was nice.
0: Um, Notre Dame looked fantastic from what I could see. Um, I I mean, Hartman obviously looked great. His numbers were great. Estime looked fantastic. He fumbled
1: again, though. That's a fucking problem.
0: Okay. Estime looked good except for the fumble. Uh, You can't really take much from the defense, though, when when you play Navy. Yeah, um, hold them
1: to three versus 32 last year, I think, is an improvement.
0: Definitely an improvement. Um, any other thoughts on the game before we, we hop nice.
1: It's, a, it, it's nice to have a quarterback.
0: You've had a quarterback. You just okay. have now a really good quarterback.
1: Um, well, also, the one other thought that I guess my biggest takeaway was the offensive line looked really good. Last yeah. year, they struggled to run against Navy. Uh, they said, I don't know if this was being more prepared for the all-out blitzes Navy was going to send or that they couldn't send all out blitzes because they had a quarterback, but um, they ran, they ran over Navy, which I thought was surprising considering how good Navy's run defense was last year and how much they brought back. So that, that was probably my biggest takeaway.
0: Um, betting wise, you went one and two. I went one and one off to a bad start on consensus plays. An zero one. Um, yeah,
1: well, we got fucking screwed. Yep. Uh, what, what, are, what are you going to say if if O'Rourke goes down? You're not going to win that bet. I guess we could have thought about that. That he is coming off the ACL and it is a non-conference game because it sounds like he's fine. It just they just can put him back in.
0: Yeah, it's just unlucky. I mean, you you don't you don't ever make a bet assuming the guy that is slated to play is going to get hurt. Like that, just you don't. Like if he's expected to play, like that's it's you don't build into your handicap that he might get hurt because anybody might get hurt. It's just it's just unlucky. Um, and yeah. and Curtis worked got hurt, and he's you know the all all Mac quarterback like he's he's the guy. impressive win for they, San Diego. they almost
1: covered without him. They did. I mean, Sandy, San Diego State, I think looks looks
0: pretty rough. Do you? I mean, I was kind of impressed with them. Really? I mean, I didn't get to watch much like until I watched the the fourth quarter, but like. I, don't because, know.
1: Yeah, I was watching more the first two quarters and then like a little bit in third.
0: I don't know. I was, I was impressed. I, I guess maybe because I, I just thought that like, I don't know. I thought they were better. Maybe, maybe their defense was only because it didn't seem like even when Rook was in, they didn't like Ohio didn't move the ball that much anyway.
1: You know, they scored on them on the first possession and a field goal. And then they, they scored it. No, they scored a touchdown. Or they scored a field goal and a touchdown. I think.
0: Are you sure? I don't think they did. Let me look.
1: They went down the field pretty easily, if I'm rem- if I'm not misremembering right now. No, I guess they didn't. Yeah, two two field goals, six three, and then he got hurt. But it was it was two pretty pretty nice drives, if I remember. Yeah, fourth and goal they. Drove it from the 17 all the way down, got stopped, fourth and goal. And then um, got to the 23, kicked another field goal. And then he was in. So, they, I mean, they scored on both of the drives that O'Rourke was in. C.J. Harris comes in and throws a pick.
0: Head-to-head, head, I win the first uh, first battle of the season. You went through this whole shtick playing that weird El Paso song, paused the podcast for about five seconds, nobody had any idea what was going on. Um, and all all just to lose. Um yeah, Jacksonville well, I mean, State wins their first game as an FBS team.
1: I guess I, I probably should have should have known that Dana Dimmel sucks. Cause I, I I mean I think Utah UTEP is way more talented. They just got it was just a terrible coaching job.
0: Um, yeah, it was kind of whack the way UTEP. Uh, just stopped running the football when it counted most at the end. But I mean, it was, it was pretty good atmosphere for Jacksonville. So they were pumped up when they won the game.
1: Out, out gained them by almost a hundred. Three turnovers to zero. I mean, they had that first touch, first drive of the game touchdown. It was weird. I, I, I their quarterback was fine. It was, wasn't that good. And I, I was actually kind of impressed with how, Jacksonville State stopped the run. I, I even though they ran for 200 yards on them, I, I was kind of impressed on how they flew to the ball throughout that game. Like it was, it was. I thought with that offensive line and with what Jacksonville State had back there, I thought they would be able to run over them. But they were able to run on them, but not run over them.
0: Yeah, um, I think. Partially due to the just the juice in the building for Jacksonville State. you know, I think they were pumped up. They were flying to the football. you know. That's just, just how it is. How it is under the lights in the FBS. Uh, all right, let's not spend any more time on week zero. It's over and done with. We're into week one. I'm pretty sure we both have pretty hefty um, slates yeah, and cards. So uh, I think we should just dive in.
1: Yeah, probably more than hefty. But uh, yeah, let's do it.
0: Too hefty. Too hefty. Because we're, we're eager and excited to be back. Okay and and at least for me, this is an actual Saturday. We don't have to worry about a Rutgers football game because Rutgers plays Sunday. So I just have the Saturday of like all other college football to occupy my brain. I can't wait. Um, one in one week for me, it's my my T box. I'm gonna start it off. Uh, early in the week with um, one of my favorite plays of the week uh, I placed a while ago. Um, I'm taking Utah minus six and a half. I believe that's the current number uh, against Florida. Um, I don't think there's anything better or anything worse. Let me quickly check.
1: yeah, yeah, I'll, I've got it. I've got it up six and a half. yeah the the consensus six and
0: a half. Um, so Utah was minus two and a half last year at Florida. They basically gave the game away in the swamp. Um, they couldn't stop Anthony Richardson. Obviously, Anthony Richardson is no longer the quarterback of Florida. He's going to start for the Indianapolis Colts. He was a top five pick in the NFL draft. He's being replaced by Graham Mertz. I would say that is probably a pretty substantial downgrade from Anthony Richardson, freak of nature athlete to Graham Mertz. Um, Florida's worse on paper this year than they were last year. I think Utah might actually be better. Um, The only question is Cam Rising, right? Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? I believe the line opened at minus 10, right? When there was no question about him playing, Now it's come down to six and a half, seven, when I think there is question about him playing. Um, There was a brief moment where it went down to four, four and a half when it seemed like he wasn't going to play. And I think if he doesn't play, it's going to end up at three and a half. I think if he does play, it comes back up to 10. So that's why it's sitting appropriately at six and a half. Um, To me, doesn't matter if he plays or not. It might be a wild take. I think Cam Rising's really good, but like the backup Bryson Barnes, he's good. We've seen him play well in that system before. And I think Utah's game plan, whether they have Rising or not, is going to be pretty much um, the same. Like, they're going to try to run the football. And, like, what can you put in Cam Rising's plate if he hasn't even been practicing that much in training camp? So even if he plays, he's probably going to be somewhat limited. doesn't really matter to me. Um, Utah is going to have, I think, a ton of success running the football. Um, Their defense, I think, is going to shut Florida down. Utah is extremely good up front and in the secondary, but really up front. And I think that Florida's going to have a really hard time running the football, even though they're solid on the offensive line and really good running backs, it's a completely different story this year, trying to run the ball in altitude and trying to run the ball without Anthony Richardson, at quarterback who provided that dual threat. Um, so I think it's just going to be really difficult for Florida to have anything successful on offense. And I mean, coaching edge, like I think Kyle Whittingham is one of the top coaches in the country year in and year out. He has Utah playing really well. Um, big home field advantage place is going to be rocking. Like obviously the climate is a complete different from the swamp. Like you couldn't have two more polar opposite climates. That's another advantage. Utah more experience advantage. Utah coaching advantage. Utah like revenge angle from last year advantage. Utah. Like I I think Utah is going to going to dominate this football game. So I'm on, I'm on the Utes minus minus the six and a half.
1: I am not there yet. I agree to an extent like I I, I, I like I like the spot for Utah I like the altitude I like the revenge I think uh that Graham Mertz is a downgrade from Anthony Richardson and I didn't have Anthony Richardson as a very good quarterback last year. I do think that Florida with Napier they I from what I've gathered from Napier in this first couple of years is that he plays up and down to competition. So I don't think he'll get blown out, but I mean it's under seven, so that's not a blowout to lose by ten. In order to lose by seven, um, I th- think Rising being out is a pretty big concern because the uh, the second string I think I believe is out for the year, and I I, I don't think Rising is gonna play. So the one way I'm looking at this is if it's announced rising's out at game time and this line drops to four, three and a half, I may try and play Utah then. But that's that's pretty much the only thing I'm looking at. I, it, it it seems tough to play this game without rising. Um, and I, I don't think Florida's going to be good, but I, I do think they can – run the ball a little bit, and I think their defense is going to be decent.
0: Okay, no play for you. What if Rising's announced in and the line moves up to 10? Is that just a complete stay away?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to late. Because that that's the other thing is I think that um, Florida plays up and down to the competition. So even if Rising's in, I don't see them getting totally blown out.
0: Sounds like you want to take Florida. I mean, from all your analysis.
1: Yeah, but not a six and a half. Okay. You want me to take Florida because it's a two against the world.
0: I think it's always two against the world. Yeah. All right, what's your first play?
1: My first play, I'll stay on Thursday night. Nice. Like it. And I'm going to take an over-under to start it off. Dude, stop. A total.
0: Ugh. Okay, let's hear it.
1: I am going to let's see what's the uh, lines oh look at that I actually I got positive um I got CLV on an on a total <laughs> I'm going to take is- I I got 43 and a half it's 44 and a half I'm going to take the over 44 and a half oh no 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 I'm looking at the wrong one shit Okay, there's a 42 and a half. I got negative CLV. I'll take the over 42 and a half. <laughs> and the I, I Minis- see it. At,
0: on, on, what, what game are you talking about? Nebraska- Minnesota-Nebraska.
1: Minnesota? Okay. Uh, um. Yeah, I'm going to take the over 42 and a half available on Fan, FanDuel. Uh, look, so I've been looking at this game and I want to play Nebraska, kind of. But it... But it, it, it I might get there come game time, but I have already placed this bet, and this is just something I'm looking at. I like Jeff Sims brought in. I think I'm a little higher on him than market, I would say. I thought he was held back by uh, Geoff Collins down at Georgia Tech, so I think he has the possibility to uh, score. He's the kind of quarterback that works well in a Matt Rule offense. I like who Rule brought in for defense, and I thought Nebraska's defense – not that two years ago wasn't terrible last year towards the end of the year, but it wasn't great. I mean, teams that threw on them, they, there was 45, I think, um, Georgia Southern threw 45 on them. Uh, so I, I think it may take a little bit of time for the defense to be fully implemented. And really why I'm looking at this is Minnesota. They're coming in. They've got the Greek rifle at quarterback. And they're going to want to – Calic Mathis,
0: Arthur Calic
1: Calik Mathis, Ethan,
0: Ethan Manis. Mathis, A- Greek uh, rifle. I like that. Um,
1: everywhere I've heard they're going to throw it this year. It they they've lost Mo Ibrahim. Their offensive line is OC
0: oh, was poached by Rutgers. <laughs> <clears throat>
1: yeah, yeah. Offensive line is is going to be. Uh, rebuilding a little bit so and and they lost iverham so they're not going to really be pounding it as much and from what people have said about calic manis is that he can um he can throw the ball you look in the wisconsin game i think he had like 300 yards in the air against a solid wisconsin defense like they're always pretty good defensively so i i think they're going to push it and then when you look at minnesota defensively they lose a ton off of a really good defense that didn't really play any great offenses to be fair and i i I think Sims is going to be able to score some points and he's also you look at both these guys that they both want to push it I think there's a there's opportunities with opportunistic defenses for some uh for some defensive points here as well so i I, I think this total's gone too low, so I'm on the over
0: um I can't provide any thoughts on a total, but like, it does make sense. I think Nebraska is going to, offense is going to be ahead of its defense. And I think Minnesota's offense is going to be probably a little ahead of its defense, maybe not ahead of its defense, but is going to be. I it,
1: relatively. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, Again, I, I, I agree. I think, I think Calix Manis is, I think he's going to have a big year. And that's why I was looking at Minnesota minus. Um, and I'm not really sold on Nebraska yet, but like, I don't know, Nebraska's – Jeff Sims could be explosive. I mean, that rule – I don't know. I don't hate it. It's a low total, too. You know, I could see it. I could see it. Um, I'll stay on Thursday night. I am going to move up north, north of us, to the rent. And this is going to be a theme for this week one pod from me. Power conference teams playing pesky mid-majors in look ahead spots so this is the first of i want to say maybe almost 10 of these that i'm that i'm intrigued by um uconn went bowling last year they were stingy on d they had a really good run game uh played with a lot of heart they seem to be really well coached um jim Morrick really got them going uh they bring back eight starters on both sides of the football and they've upgraded right it sounds like they've upgraded a quarterback main transfer joseph um fanano i think is his last name um he put up really great numbers at Maine. He's reunited with the Maine offensive coordinator at UConn. He's supposed to be an upgraded quarterback. And the guy who started pretty much every game for you for, for UConn last year, quarterback, is now the third stringer. So, well, so
1: who who started for them last year?
0: It was it was Roberson. So who's now the backup? Who lost the job yep. to this guy?
1: Roberson started in the beginning of the year, right? And then he got hurt against Because who yes. that's against Utah State? Yes. That okay, because and he's he's not hurt right now. He just he lost not the job. hurt.
0: He just lost the job. Okay. Which I think is telling. It basically sounds like it just to me that means they upgraded the position. I think yeah. that's a fair take.
1: That 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 because I've been wondering that because I, I I thought he looked really good against Utah State and they completely collapsed when he went out. So it was almost even more impressive, but they were able to get to six wins last year with a corpse at quarterback.
0: Yeah, well, they had a really good run game. Um and They've, they fought, they battled. Last year they played NC State. They lost by 31 in Raleigh as 38.5-point underdogs. Now in the return trip, Rensselaer Field is going to be like hopping, expecting its largest crowd, under uh, I think, in years under the lights. Spread is only 14.5. Uh, I think this is an entirely different UConn team. I think they're going to fight. They're going to be scrappy. But here's the real reason I love it. Right? NC State's got a lot of turnover. I think NC State – I mean, we've talked about it too, and I, I I'm kind of in agreement with you about NC State being – pretty solid this year and like kind of a post hype breakout type year for NC state. There's, you know, a lot, a lot leaving, but I mean, nobody really left for the NFL draft and like Brennan Armstrong could be really good at quarterback. They could upgrade at the, they're definitely upgrading an offensive coordinator. So there's stuff to like about NC state, but their home opener next week is against Notre Dame. And I think it's very easy to overlook UConn. a team that you beat by almost 40 points a season ago in favor of the home opener the following week against Notre Dame, which I think NC State's going to be very live in. Um, so I think the Huskies make it interesting. Plus 14 and a half, I'll, I'll take a shot at, at at UConn being uh being in tight. I mean, last year, right, NC State opened on the road at East Carolina, and they were in a complete dogfight. Um, I think we're in a very similar situation here. So I think UConn, uh, UConn battles, I think they cover. So that's my my next play, UConn plus 14 and a half.
1: Do not hate it. Not on it yet. Um, I think there's a decent chance I end up on this come game time. I mean, you know, I'm high on NC State this year. I'm also relatively high on UConn. I've been looking for clarification on that quarterback, which is pretty much what's held me off of this. Um, But I I agree with a lot lot of what you said. I, I do think the fact that they beat them by so much last year means they may be a little overconfident. It's definitely a little bit of a look ahead game. Um crowd will probably be better than anything it's been in UConn's past. In years. Especially off a national championship in basketball. Yeah, it's gonna be, gonna be a lot of school spirit up there. It's gonna be hype. So yeah, have not have not placed it yet, so I won't give it out, but there's a Much higher probability I'm on this game than I'm on the Utah-Florida game.
0: Gotcha. Okay, next play. Still sticking with Thursday nights or are you moving to to Fridays?
1: I believe I'm out on Thursday night, right? We don't have anything else there. Yep, let's go to Friday then. I've got one for you on Friday. I've got, this is probably my favorite play of the week.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I got it a while ago but I still like it now. There's an eight hanging around there at Winbet. And I am going to take Georgia Tech plus the eight at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in the Chick-fil-A Classic opening game of the year in what was technically a home game and pretty stupid by by Georgia Tech to move it to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. There's probably going to be a lot of Louisville fans there. I don't think home field is going to yeah. factor very much into this.
0: Might even be more Louisville fans. Yeah. Um especially it's not, with they have a basketball team to cheer for, you know?
1: Yeah. And Brahmin, like Brahm's the native son. Yeah. Uh but it doesn't matter. I I love uh I love Georgia Tech here. I I think all this hype coming in on Brahm on Louisville on this team coming into the year. Uh like they, they've they've Brought in some transfers. I think their receiving game should be pretty solid. Uh, their quarterback they brought in from Cal, who was originally with Braum at um, Purdue. Purdue Plummer. Right? Jack Plummer. Mm-hmm. And he's decent. Like, like uh, People talk about him like he's really good. I've seen him play. I mean, granted, it's Notre Dame, so it's one of the more talented teams in the country. But I've seen him play no name twice. And I didn't think he looked fantastic in either game.
0: I've seen him play Rutgers. Same. Yeah, same opinion. Yeah, I actually like, rewatched uh, I rewatched the Purdue Rutgers game that he started during COVID just to like confirm my thoughts. He's fine.
1: Yeah. I, I like he'll get the job done for you. Yeah. But it so I've hear I hear some people talk about him like he's a He's the next Alex O'Connell. I think there's a reason he was replaced by Alex O'Connell. So that I'm not too high on. Also, first game for Braum at Louisville, changing the system from a very run-heavy team last year, right? Malik Cunningham, Mm -hmm. uh, running backs. That's what Satterfield does. He likes to run the quarterback to a completely different system with Braum where Braum wants to keep the quarterback in the pocket and pass it around against a Georgia tech team that really rallied for Brent key down the stretch. There wasn't, there's not much good about Virginia tech and and they really, they really turned it on um, down the stretch, had some really nice wins. I thought they beat Pitt, which was really impressive. And that kind of put me on, Beat UNC again in a game that UNC had to know, like it was, it was it was not a look ahead because they UNC lost to them the year prior, and they ju- they just outside of I think Miami smacked them. I I thought they looked really good for Key, and I thought he, they they really played hard for him. So this is is a team that I think I'm a lot higher on than a lot of their players. Their offensive line should be pretty good. And I think their their defense will be will be solid as well. It, quarterback, I'm not uh, not not the highest on. I told you I like Sims, and I believe it's going to be Haynes King. King. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah. King. He's nice as a starter.
1: I don't think he's great. I don't think he's good, but I don't think he's god awful. I, I and I also think a lot that uh and offense or lack of an mm-hmm. offense limits their quarterbacks a little bit. I, I don't like, I'm, I've got no massive expectations for him, but I think he could be passable for Georgia tech. And when you look at what the, the wins last year down the stretch, it was with Zach Gibson and Zach Pyron, both guys who were beat out by um, Haynes King. So it wasn't like Jeff Sims was coming in there and winning them these games
0: um first consensus play of the weekend uh i'm with you um for a lot of the same reasons that you stated uh but like i mean the, the, the really the big thing right for me i'm not i'm not a jeff Brom guy and I, I i don't think they i i think his teams have a really bad habit and this has been fairly consistent throughout his time at purdue of playing up and down to competition, and they're just always in tight games, you know. And I just see this being no different. Um, I think the fact that there's tape on Jack Plummer in Brom's system is a huge advantage to Georgia Tech, like more than like some other unknowns, like Jeff Sims, for example, at Nebraska. Like there's no tape on him with Matt Rule. Like we know, we know exactly what Purdue's going to do, um, uh, what Louisville's going to do, because we've seen, we saw it at Purdue and. I mean, I, 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 agree. I think people are just kind of assuming Georgia Tech's going to be bad. Um, and I, I don't think they're going to win a lot of games because they play a tough schedule, but I think they're going to be feisty. Uh, they got an experienced team. Maybe Haynes King is good. Like, I mean, maybe he's good, like, there's a reason he was the starting quarterback at one point for an sec West team. Right. I mean, like that's, that's a legit thing. Like there's a reason he was recruited there to be quarterback. So maybe, maybe they're able to unlock something. Um,
1: he's got size too like it's not i feel like a lot of these guys that you you look at and they're like this guy just sucks they're just not not very big he's 6'3 like he's not gonna he's not gonna look tiny out there which i think is important when you're gonna have a pretty solid offensive line gotta be over able to throw over the offensive line um at least maybe 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 drew pine and has (laughs) maybe that's just what i'm thinking of
0: probably yeah you're jaded but
1: also, that Georgia game last year really sold me on K. Uh, I I thought they played their asses off in that game, kept that close for a lot longer than it should have been, especially with the talent they had. Now a full year to implement key system. I think they're going to be. Uh, I think they're going to come out a little ahead of, a little ahead of schedule.
0: And I think it's fair to assume Louisville might be behind schedule. There's so much Louisville hype, right? It's crazy. I mean, there's so much Louisville hype with Brom, and we didn't even talk about this, but like. I, mean, I, I know I like to and you also too, maybe not as much too as a as much of a fading, hating extent as me, but like I like to fade the noise, you know, like I there's so much Louisville noise, like I like to buy back on that. Just even if it's somewhat blind. Like I think it's probably a, a bit overdone. Um, so so that's that's partially why I'm on on the yellow jackets too. Yeah. Uh, all right, my next play. I'm gonna keep it on Friday night. I'm gonna take all my right. aunt. I am. I'm going to take Miami, Ohio, plus the 17 and a half on the road to Miami. What? <laughs> What's the face? You said you're on Miami all day. I did. I, I am on Miami. Oh, Miami. Miami, Ohio. This is another look-ahead spot. I can't, I can't. What? Go ahead. I
1: can't believe you. I was I was trying to rack my head around this all day. I was like, how, how could he be on Miami?
0: Yeah, I am. I'm in Miami, Ohio. They bring back like so many pieces um, from a team that was pretty solid last year, and their star quarterback Brett Gabbert comes back from injury. I I think he only played in, like four or five games last year. They were in a bunch of close games last season. The Redhawks were. Um, they battle injuries. I think they're going to be much improved this year. Right? They bring back a bunch of starters. They're healthier, and now they visit their cousins. Their cousins down south, Miami, Florida, which. You know, they underperformed a ton in year one of the Cristobal era. They really fell apart. Um, I think it was part of the culture building process for Cristobal. But I think there's just an, assu- an assumption right now that like they're just going to come back, right? Like they they weeded out the weak, the weak links and, you know, they're super talented. They're down in Miami, like Cristobal, Miami, you know, he's from Miami. Like this is his dream job. Like they're just going to rocket ship right back up after the down year. And I'm not so sure that's going to happen. Um, they got a really tough opponent here. And um, last year they were terrible on offense. They were inconsistent on defense. Like, and I feel like they've got to be thinking like they're prove it to they're prove it. Like we're back chances is, is next week when they're home against Texas A&M. So why are they, why are they going to bring all the energy against Miami, Ohio? Where, whereas I think Miami's got a lot to play for Miami, Ohio. That is they got a lot to play for. And I think they, they go down there and, they show them what the Mac's all about. I'm not sure those guys from Miami, Florida, are ready for for what's coming up from uh, coming down from from Miami, Ohio. Damn. what? Throwing
1: me, throwing me completely off my game here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> are you? I, on I it? Did, did not. You, did you like it?
1: Yes. I, I mean, I like Gabbert. I like Chuck Martin. He's been around for a while. He has struggled last year was the first time he won a, a non-conference power or um, a non-conference FBS game in his nine-year tenure. <laughs> pretty wild. Which which is pretty wild, but I, I think he's got this team to a pretty decent standpoint. And uh, yeah, I haven't bet it yet, but I'm, I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna come along. I'm uh I'm not gonna miss out on this. I, I, I like that their defensive line is one of the stronger units for Miami of Ohio because I do believe Miami's offensive line is going to be better. But it's also it's a look-ahead spot and I think Miami's gonna be better, but it's crystal ball laying double digits. Yeah. That doesn't uh that doesn't make you that much money often
0: yeah I wonder what his record is laying like what he did at, you know at Oregon and like in those years when he was laying double digits I feel like he was always in close games if I go back and look at Oregon's 2021 schedule they beat Washington State by 14 they beat Oregon State by nine Fresno only by seven uh Arizona by 22 they went to overtime against Stanford beat Cal by seven. I don't know Washington only by ten, and that was you know the 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 Jimmy Lake Washington teams. Yeah, Christenbal laying double digits is not um not often a a profitable profitable thing. All right, consensus yeah. play Miami Ohio plus seventeen and a half.
1: And this team was a little better than the record last year because Gabbard yes. was hurt for half the year. I
0: know more than half, yeah. and hopefully, they still got to a ball game.
1: Hopefully, it does not get hurt again. And uh, and we are left with another awkward situation. Yeah,
0: that would really suck. Um, okay, next play.
1: All right, to Saturday go-
0: or staying on Friday night?
1: No, I'm not. I'm not staying on Friday night. You might have to g- go back to that if you're going to take it. I am going to go to Saturday morning, and I'm going to take another play I like a lot.
0: Okay, Saturday like it morning. morning. it's moving in
1: my favor because I didn't actually think I didn't know if it would. But I'm going to take Tennessee – no, I'm not going to take Tennessee. I'm going to take UVA against Tennessee, and I'm going to take the 28 points. A lot, a lot, a lot of points. It's a lot of points. Uh, Joe is Milton long. is back and ready to start for a sixth time ever. I mean, you know my opinions on Joe Milton. I think I've made them pretty clear. I I don't think his accuracy is really going to change. I know – there's a lot of hype to scroll white, white. There's a lot of like talent on this Tennessee offense, but you have to be able to throw the ball and hit somebody in the hands or in a catchable area, not 50 feet over their head for you to score. And for you to uh, utilize that talent. I think that's something Joe Milton has struggled with in the past. I think that's something he's going to continue to struggle with. And when I look at UVA, I thought last year's turnaround defensively was one of the more impressive things I saw, despite how god-awful that team was, because they uh, they were awful offensively in 2021 when Armstrong was lightening up. Last year, their offense completely fell apart, no offensive line, still no offensive line this year, but they are going to uh, – their defense really stepped up and yes, they lose Nick Jackson to Iowa. They lose Fentrell Cypress to UVA or not to UVA to FSU. But there's not, those weren't guys last year. I think there's people ready to step up. And I think the entire defense, I like Ron John Raduski from air force. I, I think he did a fantastic job and, I think that turnaround is not just led by two guys and you bring back a lot on the defensive line. They lose their, they lost their star guy to injury recently, which is pretty rough. I'm blanking on his name, but the defensive line is going to be good. And that's a key to stopping a team, a Tennessee offense. If they can keep Tennessee from running the ball and force Joe Milton to pass the ball, I think Tennessee may struggle.
0: Yeah. I can't come along here. Like I, I, Virginia was just, so anemic last year and I think Tennessee could be extremely explosive again like I'm not I'm also not a huge Joe Milton fan but I think I think he's better than you're giving him credit for and I think there's a chance he 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 silences all the haters so I'm staying away he almost got
1: he he almost got Harbaugh
0: fired (laughs) he might be a first-round pick in the NFL draft
1: yeah well that's he might be. purely purely based off of projection. And he started at three different places purely off of projection.
0: Yeah. I um I'm not there, but I I, I see why it's appealing to you, especially if you're anti-Tennessee this year, which you are you are not high on the volume. I'm
1: anti-Tennessee, and I I think UVA is a little, little better than people give them credit for. I think their offensive line is still gonna suck, but I think their defense. Showed, took a lot of strides last year. I think they'll be a little better. And I, I think Musket is not a bad quarterback coming from Mammoth. And I think their offense, even though they lose Armstrong, may be better than last year just because they're able to run a system more designed to uh, deal with a lack of a offensive line because their offensive line is still going to suck. And the other thing, Tennessee, their defensive line is not special. That's what's really – Pitt is is a team you might want to look at against the UVA because they they'll be in the backfield in half a second. I I don't really think Tennessee can has the guys up front to do that to uh, to UVA.
0: We'll see. I think they might. I mean, it is an SEC defense, you know. Like they 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 will have some dudes, but look, they'd have to win the game by twenty eight points and, uh, and twenty more than twenty eight, and I, I I'm. I'm definitely not laying them with Tennessee. Okay. um, My next play, I am going to go down to Denton, Texas. It's a number I got a while ago at a better number than what currently is out there. But oh, like, look at this
1: fucking tout. Look at this tout. Getting CLV.
0: What a sharp. A lot of CLV. But to be honest, I still like it at the plus seven it is now because I think North Texas might win this football game. Um. Cal's venturing down from Northern California uh, to play a North Texas team that returns a lot of talent. Um, And like I said, like this is a look ahead spot. Uh, This is very similar to some of the other plays that I've got. You've got a a feisty mid-major team that's really, really solid defensively. I I mean, it has been solid defensively in the past, but you got this – cal team that has auburn up next and they've got so much turnover on the roster and like your first game of the year you got to go all the way down to play at north texas which is just so random you know it's like why is cal scheduling this game like what's the point trying to recruit oh. texas like
1: i mean you just look at these games you you look at the games I, and it's all it's all se or it's all Pac 12 and acc schools that are just like out here <laughs> Why is NC State traveling to fucking UConn? It makes Why is sense. Cal in North Texas? It, it's like no SEC school would ever do something like that.
0: It, it, it makes absolutely no sense. Um, and it, like North Texas returns a lot on offense. Like Roger Burns is back. Um, have a really good run game. Like I, there's a lot to like about this team, and I feel like they've been really solid in the conference USA and now moving into the American for the last handful of years, handful of years. Um, And like Cal plays Auburn at home next. Like, why are you playing at North Texas when you've got a home game against Auburn next? Like that's gotta be a hyped up atmosphere for them. It's a North Texas team that like, I mean, they, they wanted UTEP to start the year last year. They, I feel like they were in every game. They were explosive on offense. Um yeah, they played Boise State really tough in the bowl game. You know Stone Earl is going to be quarterbacking for them. Um, he was uh, the backup for them last year, um, and he was expected to start after coming over from Abilene Christian, um, but ended up being the backup. And the, the starter had a really good year last year um, on Ayun. I forget how how to pronounce his, his name, but I don't think there's going to be any any issue. Like I think Stone Earl can play, and I think they're gonna. I think it's going to be a battle. Like, I just – I think it's going to be a really, really tough game for Cal. Um, so, I'm on North Texas plus, plus seven uh, is what I'll give out for the pod.
1: What um, what do you think about Seth Luttrell being fired and now they've got a – what? who's their coach? It's the uh, first-time head coach for them this year. It's uh, – um
0: Give me a second, and I'll get it. Eric Morris?
1: Yeah, Eric Morris.
0: I'm high on him. Oh, yeah. For any reason? Because I'm betting on him on Saturday.
1: I mean, like, did you take did you take that into your handicap at all, or no?
0: No, it just means things might be a little bit different, right? Cal's got a uh, – I mean, there's a lot of turnover on both sides. It's more just like a – it's more just like a, a spot um play and it just there's just so much weird about it you know and i just i mean i think that i don't think cal's a particularly talented team i mean they've got a bunch of turnover as well north texas doesn't even have that much turnover they, they return a, a good bit of their starters but um
1: isn't it weird though that they fired their coach after playing in the puse championship game last year
0: they had high hopes They 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 need they got more more to play for um Eric Morris wasn't he? He was like super explosive at, at um, Incarnate Word. That's where he was last, I believe. Yeah,
1: Incarnate um, Word had a really good offense last
0: year. They were incredible in, in FCS for multiple years, just like super explosive. So, I I think there's something, there's something there. So, I don't know. It's it's gonna be tough for. I think I think and Cal wasn't very good defensively last year. Like I know we think about Wilcox as like this defensive guru, and that's what he was the first couple years of his tenure. He wasn't that last year. And they have so much turnover that I like new guys. I just don't. I don't trust that their defense is going to be any good. I think North Texas is going to be able to put up points, and I don't know if Cal is going to be able to score.
1: I I I don't. I don't hate it. I do not do not hate it. I didn't play it at 10 and a half. I, so I feel so silly to, to to play it now. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> My number's eleven, by the way. Yeah.
1: Whatever. 10, Same.
0: Thing. I don't know. Forget it. whatever. Something like that. Yeah.
1: Um, but like uh i i don't know i i i i have a tr- tough time when i fade coaches that i like even though this is a good this is the this is the will wilcox this is the way to play wilcox you take the fucking points when you're getting points with wilcox and you fucking take the points when he's given points
0: i can't wait to take the points of wilcox against auburn next week
1: yeah um but i don't know there's I, I don't think I have a good enough handle on North Texas. That's fine. You're one of Seth Luttrell to uh, to take him here.
0: So I'll you're say one I'll, of Eric Morris. You're, yeah, one after Seth you're, you're, you're one after Seth Luttrell.
1: You're um, one after Seth Luttrell.
0: Yeah. Where are you going well, next?
1: I am going to the Big Ten to take another big spread. Okay. I am taking Eastern Carolina. Stop it. What? Plus 36 and a half.
0: What is this craziness?
1: Eastern Carolina went eight and five last year. This is year five with Mike Houston, who came from JMU and the spread that it? Michigan is oh, laying. Oh,
0: oh. East Carolina. Yeah. At Michigan.
1: Did I say <laughs> Eastern?
0: You did. <laughs> yes.
1: My my apologies. East Carolina. Um yeah, not, not not Western Carolina University, East Carolina. You're five for Mike Houston. They lose a ton. I, they got absolutely fucking raided in the transfer portal. And Holton Aylers is gone. Keaton Mitchell's gone. Um, I don't think uh, Holton Aylers. Like I, I always, I think, I feel like we talked about this a lot. You know, as a Power Six, previously mm-hmm. Power Six pod, we we always thought Holton Aylers was going to take the step. He never really did though. So I don't think it's a massive drop-off without a quarterback. And the one thing about Mike Houston and what this East Carolina team has been and what those JMU teams have been is they can bang. They're big offensively on the offensive line. They're big on the defensive line. I think with that, they're going to be able to slow Michigan's rushing attack a little bit not not they're not going to slow they're not going to win this game and they're not going to walk in here and and be. they might they might they could they could if possible i'm getting excited um they couldn't but they won't they, they won't they probably don't get that won't, excited but, but fuck, fuck michigan if they lost i'd be happy i'm sure you'd be happy but a lot of people would be
0: happy. i wouldn't be happy i don't want michigan losing to east carolina that's not good for my league
1: you wouldn't be happy if Michigan lost no, East Carolina.
0: I would not be. I would be pretty upset.
1: You fucking Big Ten homer.
0: Okay. Uh, what else is but, Yeah, yeah. So
1: I, I, I think the fact that they're going to be able to bang up front is 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 pretty big, and then I think the fact that um, Michigan is going to be without Harbaugh, it was out, then he was back, then he's out. Now their offensive coordinators out. I think there's going to be question marks. I don't think they're taking this game seriously. I think they're looking at this game similarly to the games they played last year, right, when they opened up with Colorado State. They uh, played UConn, and they played Hawaii. Hawaii. East Carolina is a, a totally, in a totally different place. Are they? It's year five of Mike Houston. They went eight and five last year. H- Hawaii was year at half. Because they didn't even have a full offseason with Timmy Chang. It was year zero for um Jay Norvell at Colorado State. And UConn, it was also it, th- those those are three year one year one coaches. Yeah. They're completely like bad teams. But this is ECU is big, and I, I think like while I don't think they're gonna be height in this game. I think they they have the ability to stick, stick with them, and with all the things going on with Michigan, I just don't see them taking this game particularly seriously. And, I mean, I'm not the biggest J.J. McCarthy believer. I, I think the fact that ECU is going to be able to stuff them up a little bit in the run, or I, I believe they'll be able to slow them in the run a little bit, I think that is going to slow down the Michigan offense a little bit, and maybe they put up 42, but... If we can get 14 points, we can cover.
0: They put up 42 and you get seven, you cover.
1: Yeah. So,
0: I mean. What's the number? 36 and a half? 36 and a half. I did not see this coming from you. This one Really? Me, yeah. This one caught me extremely by surprise. And I will not be along for the ride.
1: This was this was placed a long time
0: ago. Yeah. It's a crazy. It, this one's crazy. But. You know, was, also
1: one other thing. The last time Michigan had title aspirations to start the year in the big house, laying a number north of thirty-two, and a uh, a small school, I guess ECU is not small, and neither is that, a, a big public school from North Carolina came to town. They lost outright.
0: Okay. Uh, you've got East Carolina plus 36 and a half. Um, I don't <laughs> I'm gonna move on. Um no thoughts. Say, no thoughts. Oh, zero <laughs> thoughts. I'm I'm staying in the Big Ten. Um, I'm gonna take Toledo plus nine and a half at Illinois. Uh, it's one of my favorite players of the of the weekend. Um, like Toledo brings back basically everybody. From the best team in the conference a year ago. Uh, their quarterback, Daquan Finn, is awesome, brings back two re- leading receivers. Illinois loses four starters um, to the NFL draft from their secondary, one of the best secondaries in the country. Their defensive coordinator is off to be the head coach at Purdue. He's gone. So, I mean, it's a completely new, new look on defense against a, a super explosive Toledo offense. Um, Illinois is off its best season in years. Right, they went eight and four last year in the regular season. Um, they had a chance to win the win the league, which had a chance to win the division. I don't know if they were, were going to win the league, but they had a chance. Yeah, to When they the lost divi- to
1: the league winner by two,
0: they need to replace their starting quarterback and their leading the, the Chase Brown, who was a really good running back in the Big Ten. Um, and they've got such a tough little start to the schedule. Toledo is the MAC favorite. They're at Kansas on, under the lights next week, and then Penn State at home. Uh, I just. I, my reasoning here is, I think Illinois is due for some regression. Um, they overachieved in my opinion last year and had a roster that was built to overachieve, as evidenced by the amount of players on Illinois that are currently no longer on the team and are in the NFL. Um, they're breaking in several new pieces. I don't really believe in the sustained uh, good from Illinois, and I think it's going to be. Re- I think the market is completely over. The moon on them because I I just think as a program they're they're due to regress a little bit and I think Toledo's coming in and and ready to give them hell. I think Toledo's super alive to win this game outright. So I'm on the Rockets plus nine and a half. You want to fight?
1: Uh I haven't placed it yet, so I'm not going to fight. I also don't like laying. Points like this, but I disagree. I uh, I like I like I like Illinois a lot. I think I've mentioned that a lot on this podcast. I, they they still got a uh, Newton up front. Their defensive tackles are going to be hogs. I like Luca Altmaier. I think he is possibly an upgrade over Tommy DeVito. Although DeVito has kind of been balling in the in the. It's a wild pre-season.
0: take. It's just a, DeVito had a great year last year. Like we haven't seen anything from Altmaier, like.
1: I think this offensive line should be good. And I I trust Bielema. I I don't know if I trust him to lay nine and a half against a Mac favorite. But uh, I I could see it. And last year I got burned taking Wyoming against Bielema.
0: Completely different. similar spot, plus ten. Completely different spot. Completely different spot. Toledo is a way better football team. Than Than Wyoming? Than Wyoming was heading into last year were they had to replace really? were they they really way better they were they were way better
1: they were nine and five they lost to san diego state who i believe wyoming beat
0: wyoming had like so many holes that they had to fill like they basically graduated everybody from the 2021 team
1: they did but they still turned a seven and six season and went bowling.
0: Yeah, after a, a tricky start, might be some foreshadowing for some Wyoming like later. But you know, I think yeah, Toledo they,
1: start? they started three and one. They just got smacked by Illinois.
0: Okay. Look, you you if you want Illinois, you can take Illinois. Not, I'm not, I'm not taking them. Okay.
1: Right now, you're not gonna goad me into taking them, but uh, not not a play, but.
0: What do you be, want? What do you want next? What do I want next? Uh are you running out of action? I got a lot of action still. No, 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 no.
1: Come on, man. Okay. I'm not even into the into the 3:30 slate yet. Oh
0: boy! Here we go. Okay.
1: Now let's get into the 3:30 slate. I've got Boise State heading on the road to Washington, and Washington is laying 15, 15. You three of Andy Avalos really turned the season around last year when they fired their defensive coordinator and went back to a uh, power run offense with Taylor Green as quarterback. I mean, I, I love this game. This is one of my favorite games. I, Washington getting all this hype coming into the year overachieved last year a little bit, really good offense with Penn um, kind of bounced back from where they were prior, right. The year before they were God awful. I, I think this is what Boise state does is they go on the road to pack 12 top pack, 12 teams, and they punch them in the mouth. Like this is the definition of Boise, the Boise state program. Their secondary should be pretty solid, so I think they'll be able to keep Washington's offensive attack from just completely blown by them. And, and I, I don't – I'm not incredibly high on Washington's uh, defense. I, I I don't think they're going to they, – they they don't have a dominant defensive line like they have in the past. They've got guys. They've got big guys. The, the defense is solid. But it, the the change from last year – from the year prior to what Washington has it, it it's it's not it's not the same they there there are more pass happy offense that tends to lead to being a little softer defensively which i think is going to allow Boise state to run on them and just 15 outlandish i think this should be more closer to 10 uh, okay. this I, I love this play
0: yeah i'm not there i i kind of lean washington
1: all um, the Washington hype too. Top ten team. Yeah. I mean, what do they? What do they really do last year?
0: Um, they won ten football games. They beat Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, then they beat Utah also. Like they they were really good. Beat the shit out they of were Michigan really State. Good. They were explosive on offense. Like they returned everybody from that team. They should get How much better on better can defense. Be? How I much think they should be better. They, be? they beat Texas in the bowl game, who everybody loves. You know, they beat Oregon State last year. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of good. There was a lot say, of good that Washington did.
1: I think there's regression. Okay. Coming to Seattle.
0: That's and a fair. I, I, I
1: think. Uh, I think they're. I mean, I I still think they're going to be good, but I, I don't. I think this is outrageous number against a, a good Boise State team that really turned it on towards the end of
0: the year yeah i i I disagree like i I, i'm not betting it because i i could see boise hanging in there but like i think you're generally a little low on washington and i think because of how they play like because they're so explosive on offense you know they they play a style that boise state just doesn't see Um, i'm 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 generally low on washington yeah that's crazy that's a crazy
1: take. Who was on Michigan State against Washington last
0: year? That was last year. I'm saying this year you were. Are you oh, not this low? year?
1: This year, yeah, yeah. But but I thought I thought you're making a generalization that I'm not
0: a. You're low on Washington this year. I'm
1: a low First low to relative market. to market.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. I just I think that's. I think there's a reason that people are hype are buying into the hype. I um,
1: hey, see. I I think you're you're letting your Penix love you're letting this this is this is a this is a classic game for you this is a, a classic
0: i'm not the touching hype it thought. i'm not betting it no it's not because i believe, I believe yeah i know that's it. what i
1: mean you're you're falling you you your love for penix it has no has, has taken people, over your rationality any other team you're all over boise state here. no
0: people love boise state no they don't no they do they do boise I, you saw that text i sent you before that was one guy
1: who had who had twenty other people liking his uh, his message.
0: <laughs> I didn't see that part. <laughs> Boise State was really good last year, but like, were they really good? They were really good in the Mountain West, but they lost to BYU. They only beat North Texas by three in the bowl game. Oregon State destroyed them. UTEP destroyed them.
1: Yeah, that and, was early. That those those I, that was early before, it, but they made the offensive coordinator switch
0: yeah i just i'm not so sure boise state is right is is i don't know if they have the dudes to stay at the same level as washington i think washington has dudes dudes like i think washington can really i think washington is really good i love their ceiling this year but i get it i get i get your play um i'm gonna stay in the mountain west stay in the mountain west against um power conference teams not the pac-12 And I am going to take Wyoming plus 14 and a half. Is that what we can get uh, against Texas Tech? Still out there? I don't know what the number is. Uh,
1: 14 and a half at Caesars. Still around.
0: Wyoming plus 14 and a half against Texas Tech. So, uh, I mean, it's another look ahead spot, right? It's kind of been my theme. Texas Tech plays at home against Oregon next weekend. And they've got this road trip to Wyoming this week, which is just like, what are you doing? Like, why are you going up to Laramie to play Wyoming in their season opener under the lights on the road? Like, when you have Oregon up next, like, what are you doing? Like, why would you schedule that? Makes absolutely zero sense. Um, Wyoming generally has one of the best home field advantages in the country. Uh, Colin, trivia question ready? Last time. Wyoming, hosted, power conference team, and were double-digit dogs. Do you know who the team was and what the result they beat was? Missouri? They beat Missouri as 17-point underdogs, beat them outright. Um, and I think that was a Missouri team that people were high on because, remember, Kelly Bryant had transferred in from Clemson who we were a little high on Missouri.
1: Never, never, never trust a Clemson transfer. Never trust a Clemson quarterback transfer.
0: That was foreshadowing. The Red Raiders have been one of the most popular teams this preseason. Uh, people are talking about them as a sleeper to win the Big Twelve, fringe top twenty-five team. Are they really though? Like they might be a little overrated. You know, uh, they were seven and five in the regular season last year. Yes, yeah, sure they they blew out all Miss in the bowl game. Like okay, um, they went four and zero oh in one possession games, three overtime wins. That is like legitimately due for regression. Teams don't go four and zero in one possession games. They had four games decided by four points or fewer. They went four and zero in all of them. Three of them went to overtime. I mean, let just that that is like crazy, crazy lucky to win all four of your one possession games and to win three of them in overtime. Like that just it just doesn't happen. Um, it's a brutal opening game. They've got Oregon next, and you got to go to Wyoming first. And Wyoming is supposed to be really, really good on defense. Um, they somehow held it together and went to a bowl game last year, despite what we talked about earlier, like them not having the most talented roster at the beginning of the year. They're just extremely well-coached. They're going to be ready to play, and uh, Texas Tech isn't ready. Like, Wyoming might smack them in the mouth. So, I'm in. I'm in on the Cowboys. I'm
1: there, too. I'm a little nervous, though. Uh, I, I like I like Wyoming's defense. I think uh, I think they should be pretty solid. I like the – look-ahead spot. I like, I like all of that about Texas Tech going up there, but I, I I think Texas Tech's defense could be solid again, and Andrew Peasley fucking sucks. <laughs> to call him Andrew Bumsley.
0: Yeah, he's not good.
1: That guy cannot throw the ball, so I really hope they can run on him or else they could lose like 28-0, or something like that. That would be bad. That would be rough and I could see it happening. But I I'm there with you. I like to look ahead. I like to fade the Texas tech hype. I think the defense should be able to keep Texas Tech's offense and check. I'm just I'm just praying they can uh they can move the ball on offense a little bit and this this crowd helps uh, helps them uh helps them helps them through it.
0: Yeah, that's my plan. I hope so. Sounds like I mean it's gonna be a great atmosphere. I just I know that for sure.
1: It will definitely be a great atmosphere, and I think their defense will definitely keep them in it. Got to be the offense.
0: Yeah,
1: got to be the offense. That's the uh, that's the one scary part. Uh, so,
0: your next play, I'm going to
1: take. T- 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 West Virginia, plus 20 and a half at Penn State under the lights.
0: I think you hate the Big Ten. I do. I think you hate the Big Ten East. You were anti-Big Ten East. I do. You think Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State stink?
1: I don't think they stink. I think they're overrated? Yeah, yeah, a little bit.
0: Okay, let's hear it. I do
1: hate What do you mean? You know I hate the Big Ten. Yeah, but this is. This is new. You hate, the, you hate the bottom of the Big Ten. The
0: bottom of the big ten need to stop. <laughs> All right. Don't be an we, asshole We
1: have different levels, you know. My, <laughs> my rivals ain't your
0: rivals. All right. All right. <laughs> Take it easy.
1: Um, no, I actually just I I I, I, I like this match You know a what? I,
0: lot. I, think- I came on the podcast, I was so complimentary about Notre Dame played against Navy. It's fucking Navy. Who gives a shit? You know, let's see what happens when they play a real team. Okay.
1: I like I like you, I like you what have what come gets, on be... I like what that gets you fired up is, is when I insult a big ten team. I'm not insulting ruckers. I'm no, insulting that what, a big ten team Rutgers. because you're Rutgers' only Rutgers. fucking identity is the big ten. You want the big no, ten to be true. good so that you can you can you can suckle off of them like a vampire.
0: I'm not getting into this. We don't have a lot of time. We got a lot of games to get to. You started it. You started it, but that's no. Fine. I didn't start it. I, Colin, just, you I just gave another it. pick.
1: I gave another pick that's going to hit.
0: Okay. Why I'm do you like people money? Why do you like West Virginia? Nobody likes West Virginia this year. So I'm curious to hear what you. Yeah. Thinking. So
1: I, I think West Virginia is going to kind of fucking suck this year. They're not going to be great. But I think if you look at what they did last year on the road against Pitt, I think that Pitt team at the beginning of the year, when healthy, is a very very similar team to this Penn State team. Uh, the Penn State hype has gotten insane. It's first time starting a game. Uh, West Virginia has a really good running game. They have moved on from Graham Harrelson. They're going to give the ball to C.J. Donaldson. They were able to run on Pitt. I, Michigan ran all over Penn State last year. I think that's the biggest concern about their defense is their ability to stop the run, and that's like the only thing West Virginia is good at is running the ball. So I, I I think they're going to be able to move the ball on Penn State. The defense was pretty terrible last year, and they had, I think, four returning starters back, seven now. There's decent amount of players that are back here, and I think um, they're going to be up for this game. They're going to be ready. It's, uh, it's, they've been here all offseason how good Penn State is, how their coach is going to get fired. Yeah, their coach may get fired but he'll get fired after they lose by 14, not 20 and a half. It's, it's too big of a spread. It's way, it's way too big of a spread. I don't see Penn state blowing them out. I honestly think, I think West Virginia might be live.
0: So in theory, I kind of like the play. Like I, I like the angle. I think it's so early in the season to like have a good read on the matchups and all the players that are going to play. Like it, it's early in the season to have all that kind of ready to go. But like I think the general idea of taking a team that nobody's high on against a team that everybody's high on is probably a pretty smart strategy. And that's kind of where you're at here. Like everybody loves Penn State. Like, what if Drew Aller isn't isn't as good as everybody thinks he is? You know? What if Penn State's, you know, secondary like really misses some of the guys that they lost? Like, you know, these are legit question marks. What if West Virginia is better than people think?
1: I mean, I think their I think their running game is going to be pretty good, and I I, I told you I'm not I I, I got to see it to believe it with Penn State's uh, defensive defensive line uh, Garrett Greeny I don't know how great he is, but they they beat Oklahoma and Oklahoma State down the stretch with him starting. They're not a goddamn awful team. I I, I think they're they're I think they're they're all right they're they're gonna be okay and you look at some of the games last year they pretty much competed with everybody outside of uh Texas Tech where they really got blown out I guess at Iowa State too but the opening game at Pitt a very similar difficult game rivalry game but um they they hung tough they almost beat Pitt
0: yeah they really almost beat him That was a, that was a hell of a game
1: they, they they
0: probably almost should have beat him. Yeah. Um didn't they so, have like yeah, a t- almost a touchdown? Like at the very on the very last play, it was very it was yeah, a great was game. It was, like it, it was, was just I remember being a great game, game.
1: And it just seems to me, Pitt and Penn State Penn State's better and they may have a quarterback, but a seven, like a, a fourteen point difference. It it, it it seems a lot, and I, I think this West Virginia team may be better than last year.
0: Yeah. So I don't know about any of that. And I think Penn State's going to be fantastic. So I I think your, your idea in general is, is a good one, but I'm, I'm, I think Penn state might, I think Penn state might go to the playoff this year. I've also been
1: waiting for this to get to 21 and it just has not, which I think is telling.
0: Um, I am going to go back to the mountain West. Uh, Taking Colorado State plus 15 at home against Washington State.
1: 15.
0: Oh, sorry. 15 is the number I have on my spreadsheet oh. from when I got it.
1: Oh. Back
0: over the summer. <laughs> I actually didn't mean to be a dick there. <laughs> but that is the number I have. Plus 11 and a half. That's still good. I'll take it for the pie to plus 11 and a half. I, mean, I, just have, I have a lot of CLV. I don't know what to say. Oh,
1: my gosh.
0: Um, I, I'll give out Colorado State. Plus, oh, I'm sorry, I was I caught up looking at my my personal spreadsheet. Um, I talked a lot about about Colorado State and, and Jane Jenorville in the Mountain in like the the Independence Group of Five win totals pod. I mean, it's the team that I'm on the over when it comes to their win total. Um, I think their defense is going to be pretty excellent. I think they brought in enough transfers on offense to be. Um, little bit better on offense than what they were last year when they were just pretty pretty much terrible um they play this Washington State team that i I just am not super high on cam Ward was uh good last year I don't think he was anything special he was a good power conference quarterback
1: definitely um, did not live up to his expectations prior to the year
0: yeah he was catching Heisman like love before the season and that just that that wasn't well, the case he was that
1: incarnate word prior And it kind of looks like incarnate word might've, uh, might've been more of a system than a quarterback.
0: Washington state was good last year. Like I don't want to take anything away from them. Right. They were good. Uh, They, they won at Wisconsin. They almost probably could have, should have maybe won against Oregon. Um,
1: They definitely should have won that game as, as somebody with had money on Oregon.
0: They, they, you know, almost beat Utah at home. Like, you know, they went to a bowl game. They were, they were good. And camp Ward had a good year. Like, I don't want to, say that he didn't have a good year. Like he definitely had a good year and put up put up pretty good numbers. Um but like this goes back to my my theory, right? I'm I'm taking teams um fading teams in look ahead spots and Washington State's next game is a home game against Wisconsin. Uh who Wisconsin and they beat Wisconsin last year. Um I just don't understand for the life of me. Like what are they going to gain from going to a uh rowdy Mountain West team? that rarely gets to play power conference teams at home. And a, a one that has a really good defense and a really good secondary, like one of the best secondaries in the Mountain West. And like the strength of this Washington team is its pass game behind Cam Ward, just kind of running around making plays. I think that Colorado State is extremely live. Um, I think Jay Norvell is a spectacular coach. We saw what he did at Nevada after, um, you know, year one not so good every year after that. Very good. And I think Colorado state is 100% on the same trajectory. I think in a way, this is similar to the Texas tech Wyoming play, except um, Colorado state isn't as good as Wyoming, but Washington state isn't as good as Texas tech. So it's kind of similar in that sense. What?
1: I don't know about that. I think Colorado state may be better than Wyoming this year. Well, Oh, I don't know about that either. That's at least Colorado state has an offense. Do they?
0: Wyoming went bowling last year.
1: Yeah, but they should, Colorado State should have an offense this year. Your team, of Jay Norvell, uh, their quarterback was good last year. Um, they,
0: I, Their quarterback was not very good. He just completed a bunch of short passes.
1: Well, he was also good at Nevada. I, I mean, everybody's pretty high
0: on him. It's hard to say he's not good. They had no pass protection. The offensive line was terrible last year. I, whatever. It, what is the point? I don't know what, what you're fighting me on. I, I'm taking Wyoming and Colorado State. It's a fade against Washington State. It's not a...
1: I, I would think it's more of a play on Colorado State.
0: No, it's both. it's it's a play on Colorado State and a fate on Washington State. you know, I think I don't think Washington State was as good as they as their record last year. I think they play up and down to the competition. I think this is a really hard game for this team um in what is a look ahead spot with Wisconsin coming to town next. So I'm on Colorado State. I think it's gonna be a great atmosphere and and what is it, Colorado Springs? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not there you're not uh, there no I'm not there um
1: I, I like it I have them in, in a grease parlay so I do you think they can win outright but I do want to see a little bit I want to I believe in Norvell I believe in their quarterback uh, I kind of just want to see it I do think Washington State has a pretty good um defense still it's what Dickert's known for if they can't block still it could be could be a problem could have a problem scoring, but I, I, I mean, I, I think the offense should be fine.
0: All right, Carl, uh, your next play. My We've just next... been going. I mean, we much. So <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we got a ton of plays. My next play, uh, the line has moved off a key number.
0: Is that a good thing or a bad thing?
1: It's a good thing for me, a bad thing for the listeners, but I'll still <laughs> give it out. I still like it. <laughs> um, Give me South Alabama. Oh, nice. Plus six and a half on the road against Tulane. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I really like this play. Tulane actually loses a decent amount from a good team. Like, like a very a very good team. Like a very, very, very good team last year. I don't want to take anything away. They beat USC in the bowl game. They beat Kansas State early in the year. But they also like. They lost to Southern Miss. They got smacked by S. Or no, no, they, they smacked SMU. They lost to UCF on the road. They they had they had some close calls with a couple teams. So I thought I think they were good. No, they what? Yeah, no, this is no no no. They did smack SMU. This uh this is uh.
0: You want to start it Those over? Still
1: tricking me. He's got he's got it marked as a loss. I was like, why why is that? I don't remember them getting smack by SMU. Yeah, but they yeah lost to UCF, lost to Southern Miss, which is more what I'm thinking about here with a, like a Sunbelt guess, Sun Belt team coming to town. It's a massive look ahead spot for Tulane with Ole Miss coming into New Orleans to play them the next week. They lose a decent amount. On their offense, Tyje Spears gone, Deuce Watts, Shea Watt Wyatt gone. Michael Pratt's back, so that that's that's pretty big, and the defense should be really solid again. But Southern Alabama went had had nearly as good of a season as um, as Tulane last year. They lost by one, I believe it was, to UCLA. Yep. They bring back almost everybody on this team. I want to say it's nine. Yeah, nine on offense, nine on defense. And this is, this is a, this is a big game for them. It's year three for Kane Womack, too. So this is a, this is kind of a building year. And and I mean, like, the spot it's it just like it, it's it kind of lines up perfectly. I think I think sevens a little bit too big. A lot of people are everybody's high on Tulane. Not a lot of people know that South Alabama went ten and three last year because they didn't beat they didn't really beat anybody on the national radar. Right? They beat Louisiana Tech, Arkansas State, Southern Miss, Old Dominion.
0: They were five points away from an undefeated regular season. Yeah.
1: Who do they beat? They didn't really beat anybody, but they, they beat Southern Miss. Yes, they beat Southern Miss and they almost beat UCLA and they almost beat Troy. they they were very close to undefeated this season as he said. I think this team's really good. They bring back everybody. I think they should be really good again. And uh, Tulane loses some of their more explosive offensive weapons. In a total look ahead spot, I think uh South Alabama is is live here. So give
0: me the points. Yeah, 100%. Consensus play, probably my favorite play of the weekend. Um, Pretty much for every reason you said. Like, I mean, Tulane, look-ahead spot. Ole Miss coming to town. Tulane, everybody high on them. They had a program year last year, like the best year in program history. South Alabama also had a great season. I mean, almost just as good a season. They just lost by one at UCLA instead of winning. If they win by one at UCLA, like, it's a different story. yeah. And I I think they're and they return basically everybody. They're they're coming out for blood. I think they are too better be ready. Like like South Alabama might just go in and beat their ass. Like it, I I think that is legitimately on the table. You know? Um I'm with you. That's a consensus play. It's it's just everything you said. I mean, every like the, they got dudes. Like South Alabama has dudes. You know, no, they're big. Like I mean, their quarterback had an awesome year last year. Um Carter Bradley, over 3,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, senior quarterback. 28 to
1: Like He needed an interception ratio of 64%.
0: And he's a guy who started his career at Toledo, so, like, you know, talented guy. Their running back ran for over 1,000 yards. LaDamian Webb, 5'7", 210, like a little bowling ball running around over there. I love that. I love those little bowling ball running backs. Alabama was really good. Like, I think they got a re- and their defense was great towards the end of last year. I think they got a great shot to win this game out, right? So, uh, completely with you, Colin. Consensus play South Alabama plus six and a half. Um, where do I want to go next? Uh, let's see. All right. I will go. How many more plays do you have? Let me just start with that. I have three. Okay. Okay, I can match you with three. Um, I'm gonna go back to the noon slate on Saturday. It's crazy, crazy that we both have three remaining. Um, I could have more, but I don't want. I, I, I don't want to get get overboard. Okay, give 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 them out if you like them. I don't know if I love them as much at the number, and like to be honest, I didn't even really want to give out North Texas at the number, but like I just I think they're gonna win the fucking game, so I don't even want to, you know? Yeah. All right. All right. Um. This is a number that I just got today. So I placed this bet today. The number hasn't changed. It's Louisiana tech plus 20 and a half at SMU. Extremely similar to the other games that I've touched on. Um, except for the fact that Louisiana tech has already played a game this year, which I think makes this an even more valuable bet. Um, Louisiana tech brought in a bunch of transfers, including Hank Bachmeyer, who was once like a superstar quarterback for Boise state and, um, they were a popular bet week one against Florida International. They did not cover their 11 point spread. I, I should say in week zero against Florida International. They didn't cover pretty, the 11... pretty, Go ahead.
1: pretty massive spread too, considering they lost to FIU last year. So I think that's uh, that's indicative of what people thought of this team. But yeah, keep going. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, you're right. Um they went down 14 to nothing early. Florida International scored on a 67-yard touchdown run in like the first series of the game. Um, Louisiana Tech needed a, a, a late touchdown just to win, um, but you look at the stats, right? You you, you do a little little uh, Monday morning quarterbacking. Louisiana Tech outgained Florida International four hundred fifty to one hundred eighty. Had 27 first downs against eight. They dominated the football game. Bachmeyer completed seventy five percent of his passes over three hundred yards. He had a heck of a game. Louisiana Tech should have destroyed FIU, um, and now they play an SMU team. Last time they played SMU, they only lost by two to SMU. Just saying. Now they're 20 and a half point dogs. Uh, it was actually 16 and a half before Louisiana Tech's lost to FI uh, win against FIU, but non-cover against FIU this past week. So the line has moved four points against Louisiana Tech, um, despite them actually dominating the game last week and not, you know, covering, but they still dominated the football game. Um SMU brings in a bunch of transfers. Like I think people just assume they're still going to be at the top of the American, even though Tanner Mordecai, who was a great quarterback for them, he's gone to Wisconsin. Leading receivers also gone. Their defense was terrible last year. It gave up 20 or more points in its last 10 games and 30 or more in eight of the last 10. Um, and much in line with the theme of the pod for me. This is a look ahead spot. SMU plays at Oklahoma next week. Um, 20 and a half. Louisiana Tech. 20 and a half. I think they can keep this close. Feels like a huge number. And I don't think people are thinking about it like it's a huge number. I think it's more of a oh yeah, SMU should be pretty good. Yeah, SMU should be pretty good. But well, Louisiana Tech might be pretty good too. And I trust Hank Bachmeyer. I think they're gonna be able to score some points. And I, I, I don't think a you know 42 to 28 is completely far-fetched. I think that or 35-17, something along those lines. I think that's that's well within well within the the grounds here. And I mean there's a chance that Louisiana Tech is pretty live, in my opinion. So give me um Give me the Bulldogs plus 20
1: and a half. Uh, I don't hate any of the reasoning. I'm not going to be with you. I just don't feel like – I don't feel good enough about this play to, to lock it up. Don't have a great feel on how good Louisiana Tech is. I, I kind of didn't like that they fired Skip Holtz. I, was, I thought that was a weird decision. Uh, Preston Stone, for SMU I think should be pretty good. But, I mean, everything you said I, I completely – Agree with my one issue, I guess, would be that Louisiana Tech struggled to put up points last week. And even if this is a bad defense, I don't think FIU has a great defense. And SMU is going to put up points. So, like with big spreads, I kind of like to see teams that don't have as, or I'm not as high that their offense is going to just name the number.
0: Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um makes sense. Where do you want to go next? I will head to the night
1: slate 10:30 10:15 I guess. Yeah. On the eastern coast.
0: Okay, I'm curious where you're going.
1: And I'm going to lay 14 and a half with UCLA Wow, of course Coast you are. Um, it was what, just what number, an
0: 14 and a half? Is that the number?
1: Yeah, okay. I don't see anything better than that. So 15 and a half out there if you're looking to take Coastal, but 14 and a half is the lowest for UCLA. I, I'm high on this UCLA team. I think I've mentioned that to you more than a couple of times. We have a, uh, mm-hmm. we have a show bet on this. Yeah. They have meant Chip Kelly has mentioned that he's going to all three quarterbacks are going to play in this, which is
0: probably not remember. what I
1: wanted to hear too much. But I, I, Chip Kelly is known to play some games. I wouldn't be surprised if they stick with one of these guys. Uh, I think their offensive line is going to be pretty good. I think he, he's going to craft a running game. Their wide receivers are going to be better than they've ever been. I like their defense. I like the defensive coordinator they brought in from the Ravens. Following what Harbaugh has been doing in Michigan. I think they've got some talent at the defense. The defensive line, they've got a um what's what's uh, do you know the the defensive lineman's name that is uh he's pretty high on some draft boards right now?
0: Um for UCLA? Yes. Um Le Lei Atu Latu?
1: Yes, yes, yes. That that is it. Yeah, that was not a name I was gonna pull out of out of my head, I can barely pronounce it. Looking at it now,
0: um, ten and a half sacks last year. Yeah, so.
1: yeah, he's good. He's good. He's back. I think the defense is going to be better than they they've been in the entire Chip Kelly era. And I'm still pretty high on this offense. And then when you look at Coastal, everybody is still like, I think this number is staying pretty low because Grayson McCall is still there. Grayson McCall is one of the most efficient quarterbacks in college football. But this is no longer Jamie Chadwell's Coastal Carolina. This is a new Coastal Carolina. They had a lot of transfers out. They were raided in the portal. It was... McCall was going to leave, but he was uh, he was sweet-talked into staying. Uh, maybe got a nice NIL deal. I don't know exactly what it was, but he's back. The rest of the team is missing somewhat. And the head coach... Goes from Jamie Chadwell to Tim Beck. I mentioned Tim Beck on the podcast before. I'm not a Tim Beck believer. Don't know how he got a head coaching job. He was not good at Ohio State. He was not good at Texas. He was not good at NC State. Everywhere their offenses regressed. I mean, look at NC State's offense last year. They should have been way better than they were. And now he's going to uh, – I, I think he's going to fuck up Grayson McCall. So I fade of, of that – they're going all the way across the country for this. This is, a, and it's ten thirty. This is a ten thirty o'clock game. That's gonna fuck with your body clock, especially after a five hour flight. The, in a non like it's a non conference game. They're, I I think they're just gonna fuck around out there. First game for a new head coach that I was not high on as an offensive coordinator. So yeah, like I I, I think I think there's a chance UCLA. Absolutely runs it up and Chip Kelly is known to struggle a little bit in uh in non conference, at least at UCLA. But when he can put a number on somebody, he doesn't particularly stop scoring. It's more his defense just lets up points.
0: Um not for me, obviously. You know, I'm not high on UCLA. I mean, we have what are what are the other bets we have? We've got UCLA at seven and a half, and you're giving me two to one. Yeah, in Illinois. I in Illinois at six and a half, just an even money, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um just so I want the, all the listeners to hold us accountable. I just want to make sure that's hold, out open. Yeah. Everybody, every hold us accountable.
1: Just like last year when uh yeah, Ohio like State and year. and, and Alabama Yeah, Ohio State and Alabama would not win. And
0: they did not. um i think in theory right like this makes sense you are not high on coastal you're high on ucla that's why this is a good play for you um i'm not high on either i have no interest in this football game and i'm going to be fast asleep uh because i've got an early morning sunday wake up um I got, I got, i got i got roll call sunday morning at, at 7 a.m dan to you said 7 a.m shark <laughs> to roll out the door so i gotta be in bed i gotta be in bed no no pacto after dark for me uh, Saturday night, um, so I'm saying home. 7 a.m.
1: sharp. I'm gonna have the bagels ready for the first tailgate of the of the uh, of the year. 7 a.m.
0: sharp. Uh, 7 a.m. sharp. We're gonna be Bloody Mary mixing and a whole nine. Uh, getting ready on a
1: Sunday, Sunday morning. It'll work Sunday on a Monday.
0: Exactly. It's beautiful. Um, so I'm not there. Um, but I I see why you are. Uh, uh, let's see. Where do I want to go next? Um, all right. This is a game that. I feel like it's going under the radar, even though it's probably one of the best games of the opening weekend. I'm taking UTSA. Uh, the number that I have is not the number that exists. I'm happy to give out the number that exists. Um, I got UTSA as a dog, but they are currently laying one and a half on the road at Houston, which does not matter to me. and move through the key number of zero. I know people think zero isn't the key a key number. Zero is a key number because zero decides if you win the fucking game or not. So zero is a key number. You know what I'm saying? Who, who says zero is not a key number people say zero is not because everything it's three and seven and like you know lines don't fall at one so like so for example right like like one and a half to one and a half is essentially just to pick them i completely disagree with that like you win you play to yeah, win you the win game lose. you play to win the game so i don't want to lay one and a half i'll do it for the pod but like in theory right like if i had to take a minus one and a half i would just pay whatever you to the money minus line. Minus
1: 125. Why don't
0: you just yeah. take that? What's the money line? Are you good with that? Are you Are you allowed? Yeah, to I do took that? a UTF. Uh What was you, UTEP last week? Like, one, minus 120 or something? No, only minus 114. Let me see what UTSA is, and then we can we can make a decision. Um UTSA on the money line is... Okay, where we at? Where we at, UTSA. Minus 120. I think that's fair. All right. I'm taking UTSA, then, as a pick at minus 120. Um... I think UTSA is really, really good. That's another team from the from the group of five podcasts that I, I talked up, you know, quite a bit. They return a bunch of talent from a team that's been really, really good over the last few years. And um, if you look at this game, right, I mean, I mean, I mean, just for, for before we even get to the game, like they're they're really good. The roster is really good. They're gonna be better on defense. Like Frank Harris is an excellent quarterback. Um, but if you look at the game, they're playing Houston. Houston's an in-state rival. Houston's going to be worse this year, I think, than they were last year. They had a pretty good roster last year. Clayton Toon, um, even though he had his his, uh, his bad moments, um, he was a really good quarterback for Houston. Um, they replaced him with Donovan Smith, transferred from Texas Tech. Uh, I don't think that's an upgrade. Last year, I believe UTSA was a four-and-a-half-point home dog to Houston. This is pretty, pretty significant, in my opinion. Four-and-a-half-point home dog to Houston. Went on the road, should have won the game, lost in overtime, covered, lost in overtime. Now they go at Houston, and they're they flipped around and they're the favorite, which just tells me that UTSA is probably going to win the game. The books think UTSA is going to win the game. Um, I love that line scale; it just says to me that like these teams are on a completely different trajectory, right? One team is declining, one team is is rising. I think UTSA's got revenge on the mind. Um, I think they're just a the better football team. And like the fact that they're laying like that they that they opened as dogs and have flipped to favorites, even though it's still in that kind of pick area, like it just tells you like that that the sharps think that the UTSA is is gonna win this football game. And I'm I'm right there too. So I I don't think they lose back to back years to Houston, especially after they probably should have won last year. So they've got revenge on the mind. I'm I'm taking um UTSA and in, in what I think is one of the best games of the weekend. Uh minus one twenty. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't hate it. It, it, it. it's hard for me to get a read on Houston. Is my one issue here. I kind of like Donovan Smith. Yeah, from Texas Tech, who's going to start there. I think their offense should be pretty good.
0: Yeah, I'll help give you a read on Houston. You know who's still okay. in well, charge there,
1: Dana Holger, Holgerson. So that's uh that's that's definitely something to consider. Yeah, I I, I just I I think they could be. He said on offense I it, this has been one of the hardest games for me to get over read. I've got really no good feel either way so I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet it where are you going next I will go moving into Sunday yet to Sunday to Sunday okay. yes I am going to take Rutgers stop it minus no
0: you're not stop it i know that's not what you're doing stop no you're not stop no you're not right you're not are you really dude come on it's not a sharp play i'm telling you right now it's not a sharp play i won't stop you i'm not i'm
1: not on it (laughs) okay good but we we're gonna have to talk about that game we don't have to talk about shit
0: yes but we Um, don't have to talk about anything
1: yeah we do we're gonna talk about that i'm gonna take oregon's san jose state uh Looks like my 17 is now gone. We're going to take that 16.5 at home against Oregon State. Oregon State's another team everybody's really high on. They had no quarterback last year. They have a great offensive line. Uh, The coaching job has just been phenomenal. I kind of like San Jose State. I think they played well against USC. Uh, I was listening to – brad powers earlier talking about um the week zero games and playing a week zero game versus not playing a week zero game the trends is actually negative it it says the tape football on tape is more important than getting a first game so i'm not going to use that in part of my handicapping here that san jose state already played a game so they should be better i won't use that because it's uh it's proven incorrect But I thought they looked pretty good. I really like Chevion Cordero as the quarterback. He's really good. I think on Oregon State. I I, like I know everybody's pretty low on USC's defense, but I think part of that was that San Jose State has a good offense. And they they've been pretty solid for now the past couple years. Donuts the the Oregon State team loses a lot on defense. I don't think they're going to just shut them down like they were able to a lot of teams last year. So I, I think this, it, this might even be – this. it's possible that Oregon State could lose this game. I know they went on the road last year and won at Fresno State by three, and they beat Boise State at home. But I, I just think this defense should regress a decent amount. And I'm not I'm not sold on DJ going to Oregon State and just completely flipping the switch and being back to the DJ we saw in 20, 2020. It, 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 I two years of struggling in that Clemson offense. I, I've kind of had difficulty believing he's just gonna light it up. San Jose State's defense looked bad last week but that's against one of the best maybe probably the best offense in college football. I I don't think they're that bad. They they held Auburn to 24 last year. They I think they're going to be able to put up some points. It just seems it seems pretty ridiculously big here. It's just one of my favorite plays of the week.
0: Um yeah, I'm close to to agreeing. I just I'm also high on Oregon State. I think they're going to be really good. Um and I, I, I think USC's defense might actually be bad. Like I think that's a that's a legit take. I I I I agree. But, but so and I don't think Oregon State's defense is be bad. Like you you make you make a good point, you know. Like I, I, I don't they like return
1: nine, they've got probably the best quarterback in the Mountain West. He, yeah. I mean, he looked good. Like USC's defense is not great, but they held Oregon State to ten points last year. Yeah. And that defense was arguably worse. They got pressure against San Jose State. Uh, I, I I don't know. I think they've returned so much on offense too that it's I just don't see them getting shut down and if they're not going to get shut down, Oregon State's play style, I don't see them just absolutely lighting them up. I I, I could see them winning, but lighting lighting San Jose State up and then
0: on the road. Yeah. No, you're yeah, right. To win to win to
1: win 35 to 7 or something like that. It, 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 I don't see them. I what would they they probably would have to win 3517? Yeah, 3517 is probably the most reasonable way to cover this.
0: What's the total?
1: That is probably what it is. Total's 55.
0: So they're thinking like 35, 20, 30, 30,
1: 35, 17. Yeah. It just doesn't. I think they can limit Oregon state from scoring a ton on them. I think 35 is probably around the maximum, but I I think they're going to score more than more than 17 at home too. Should be a good crowd. Yeah. I I like it.
0: It should be a good crowd. I mean, Plus, you just played USC, so you got to feel feel like you've already played Goliath. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, you got to have some confidence after hanging in there with USC. You got to come back home with you – know. this,
1: this team went undefeated in the Mountain West two years ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're well coached. Cordero can play. Um, no, it makes sense. Uh, all right, my last play. Um, I'm going back to my Mac versus uh, – my mid-major, I should say. Versus um, team in a look ahead spot that everybody's all high on. I'm taking Buffalo. The Buffalo, plus twenty eight on the road at Wisconsin. The hell was that? The buff- the Buffalo. <laughs> they uh, the the Mets used to have a player Wilson Ramos, and every time he would get a hit, he his nickname was the Buffalo, so they would do the Buffalo sign. I know you you don't hear me. It's on. Yeah, i mean obviously you hear you hear me and see me but the the podcast so you don't see me you just hear me I'm doing a buffalo thing with my hands as well anyway you know people don't, don't give a shit um uh, buffalo plus 28 this is more of a fate on wisconsin than anything else i, I think people are just assuming that luke fickle is going to head in there and everything's just going to be smooth as shit you know phil Longo's is going to come in he's totally changing up the offense they've got a billion new players like yeah there's talent but like is Wisconsin really about to to jump and be really, really good? I mean, one of my best friends who I from Rutgers, who I, I, I consider to be a, a knowledgeable college sports fan, but not a knowledgeable college sports better. You know what I mean? Like extremely like like aware of what's going on, but aware enough to the point where he's just like an ultimate square, you know? And like I've tried to train him on sharp angles and he just doesn't get it. And he told me, like, unsolicited, the unsolicited texts are the best texts, the best. <laughs> you know, he told me that he believes that Wisconsin could go to the playoff this year, could win the Big Ten championship. And, like, yeah, they had that ceiling. But also, like, what if it's not that great? Like, people forget that in Luke Fickle's first year, because he was so good at Cincinnati, right? For so long, people forget that in year one at Cincinnati, he went four and eight, you know, and the cupboard that was left at Wisconsin. I don't want to say it was bare because it wasn't bare, but it was kind of bearish by Wisconsin standards. Like, he's basically going to need to revamp the defense. They don't return anybody – they don't return that many key pieces from, de- from the defense. Wisconsin wasn't really all that good last year, especially relative to where they were three, four years ago under Paul Christ. They've got a completely new offense, completely new players on offense at quarterback and receiver, um, completely new offensive system. Like, they're going from the power – run like i formation like run it 40 times a game to spread it out phil longo like air raid you know like running gun like i i mean what are we doing here like people are just assuming that wisconsin's going to be all of a sudden like awesome i don't believe that no thank you i don't believe that plus they've got the revenge game at washington state next week and they got Buffalo coming to town, and they got their are twenty eight with Buffalo. I don't buy it. Cole Snyder back. Buffalo went to a bowl game last year. These MAC teams are always super pesky, pesky in the Big Ten. Maybe it's just against Rutgers, but like they feel like they're pesky against all of the Big Ten teams. At least in my, maybe my mind, maybe that just makes Rutgers. me maybe that just makes me cope with it better. But Buffalo's starting quarterback, Cole Snyder, former former Scarlet Knight, so he's one of us. Um, one of me, I should say. <laughs> you know, we share we share some 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 Rutgers bloodlines there, but 28 just feels crazy. And I think Buffalo is more than capable of hanging in this football game. So Buffalo plus 28.
1: I mean, you know, I'm not high in Wisconsin. Here's the question I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Is, is this pick They Cause you said a lot of things that I said on the, uh, on the, on the, uh, big 10 preview. Did is, is this more I convinced you? or Jake's unsolicited text convinced you that, uh, that you need to pay Wisconsin this year.
0: It was a, I, I would say you started it. And then when I listened to some podcasts, which were also really high on Wisconsin's ceiling, that was like, Hmm, maybe Colin had the right idea here, you know? And then when Jake sent that random unsolicited text, I was like, Oh fuck. All right. I'm out on Wisconsin, like completely out on them, <laughs> you know? and i just started looking for any way i could fade them and they're, they're like like appearing you know magically was buffalo plus 28
1: yeah so. um it's buffalo i'm i'm not a, i'm not on buffalo i i do think uh, wisconsin's going to be pretty overrated and and going to struggle this year but i mean their offense may at least be able to put up some points yeah and maybe wisconsin maybe. does 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 love to run up the score when they when they have the opportunity. I mean, I like I, I don't hate it at all. I just don't feel any confidence in backing Buffalo.
0: All right, your last play.
1: My last play is la- we
0: made it. We made it to our final plays.
1: LSU. Okay. Minus That's two true. and a half. This may be maybe a lock fight here. It's not. It's not. Okay. Um yeah, I did it last year. I'm gonna do it again. I laid I laid three with them last year. Now now we can I can lay two and a half. Um, I I do think this is gonna be kind kind of square. It seems like seems like a lot of the public is on LSU and a lot of the sharper money's on Florida State. But this is think, a revenge game.
0: I think this is a sharp trap.
1: Yeah, yeah, I could see it that. I, I I think it's a revenge game for LSU. I like Kelly more than Norvell. I don't think that Florida State was really nearly as good as their record. Like, I don't think LSU was particularly great last year, but it was year one with Kelly. This was year four for Florida State. I get it was a slow build, but it, it's been going on for a while. I, I, I think Jaden Daniels is fine. I don't think he's a great quarterback. But I just think this defense, Kelly's coaching, it's going to be enough to get this done. And, and I, I, Florida State's very, very overrated in my eyes. And if we can just – if I can lay three here, or under three, under three yeah. I, I think LSU is going to win this game. So I I will do it.
0: Um. Yeah, so not a lock fight, not a consensus play either. I've had – a really difficult time with this game. I immediately, like, the, my first thought was love LSU. Started to see everybody on LSU and was like, what am I missing? Started to look more into it. And, like, I just, I see, I can see why people like Florida State. I just don't agree with it. You know what I mean?
1: Yes, that that's kind of what, that's kind of where I'm at. That's why I, I ended up pulling the trigger. This is one of the last games I bet.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like I'm going to pull the trigger. I haven't done it yet. Um, I don't know what I'm waiting for. Like I think the number's good. I don't know. I'm waiting for like a sign, like a sign. Like, maybe it's Jake sending me a text. Like I mean, I'll, you know, maybe that's what Florida it is. Florida State. Like maybe it's somebody sending me like a like a Florida State Plus text that gets me over the over the finish line. But but I I think I agree with you. I think my original my original headspace was I like LSU a lot for a lot of the same reasons that you just said. Like I I like Kelly better. I think. Um, the fact that LSU was laying three and a half last year, where I thought LSU where where that I thought was a better spot for Florida State than this year is. You know, now it's two and a half, and I don't know. I I I am kind of I'm kind of with you. Um, but I'm not there yet. All right. That's it for a long week one podcast. Um, Colin, your plays. Nebraska, Minnesota over 42 and a half, Georgia Tech, plus eight. Miami, Ohio, plus 17 and a half. Virginia, plus 28. East Carolina, plus 36 and a half. Boise State, plus 15. Wyoming, plus 14 and a half. West Virginia, plus 20 and a half. South Alabama, plus six and a half. UCLA, minus 14 and a half. San Jose State, plus 16 and a half. LSU, minus two and a half. If you like dogs, this is a dog podcast. <laughs> um, I have Utah minus six and a half, Yukon 14 and a half, Georgia Tech plus eight, Miami, Ohio plus 17 and a half, North Texas plus seven, Toledo plus nine and a half, Wyoming plus 14 and a half, Colorado State plus 11 and a half, South Alabama plus six and a half, Louisiana Tech plus 20 and a half, UTSA is a pick of minus 120 and Buffalo plus 28. Our consensus plays, Georgia Tech plus eight, Miami, Ohio plus 17 and a half, Wyoming plus 14 and a half, and South Alabama plus six and a half. We have zero head-to-head bets this week, which I'm actually kind of surprised by. But I think that's because when we talk during the week, and it's still early in the week, right? We're recording this Tuesday night because the games start Thursday. I think when we talk during the week, and we start to get a feel for what the other is generally on. I think that, at least speaking for me, it it gives me pause about like wanting the other side so much. You know.
1: Well, was think, there any ones that you were thinking about being on the other side of mine?
0: No. None actually, um, none at all.
1: Not but Washington.
0: I'm that, that's not, Washington. So I'm not, I'm not I'm, I will not, I will, I will I'm not going to lay those points with Washington.
1: No, but like, I mean, did you hesitate, like think about that at all?
0: I have not thought about betting Washington. I just know I, I, that has been a, that game has been a stay, a stay away the entire time for me. Um, okay. That's our week one pod. Did you want to ask me about the Rutgers game quickly? Yeah. I mean,
1: quickly. we also, uh, Sabiri has given us a – he gave us a bet. Oh, boy. What We're is bet.
0: it? What do we it's got? The,
1: the UNC, South Carolina, over 64-and-a-half.
0: Wow. That's a square. That's as square as it gets. <laughs> I mean, I like Beery. I like the play. It should be a fun game. But, like, you got two explosive offenses, two terrible defenses. Like, that's, you know. No, as square as it is...
1: gets was Tommy taking the over an App State UNC – or the under and App State UNC last year.
0: Oh, I, I, I only remember that. All right, thanks. 60
1: 65 to 63.
0: Beery has had a really good track record on the pod. So I, yeah. I give Beery some credit. So berry has got, got his. Can we get a weekly Beery play? Is that gonna be a thing?
1: Oh um, he just he he wanted to give it out today for All the right. start. I I can ask him. He might be he might be able to give us a weekly play.
0: We got it. Beery, the over over in the South Carolina, North Carolina game. All
1: right. What do you what do you think of Rutgers briefly?
0: Um, I'm pretty terrified, man. We don't have any, like, I've got no faith in the offense. Uh, I think the defense would be pretty good, but Northwestern's got a lot to play for. You know, I think the line is really telling you something. The fact that it hasn't moved over seven, like, is extremely concerning. I think Northwestern, as somebody who can feel, I, I, as someone who, like, I, and I feel like I confidently can identify sharp spots, I think Northwestern is absolutely a sharp spot. Like, what has Rutgers ever done to be laying six and a half in a Big Ten game? I'll be rooting like hell for R U, but I'm I'm fucking terrified because the sea it's the season. The season is on the line on Sunday. You know, we don't get to ease into it. The season's on the line Sunday. Like this is it. So that's it. All right. I need okay? to
1: make a ball. So yell loud for him. Win the
0: game. I will. Well, you know I'll be doing that. Um and if Dan Santube has a if, if Dan Santu has enough bloody Marys, he'll be he'll be yelling pretty loud too.
1: Um oh just make sure Dan Santip doesn't see this line and say, why is Rutgers only laying six
0: and a half? I'll st I'll keep it i I'll keep him far away from the betting markets. All right, that's our week one pod. Uh Colin, this was fun. This was great. Looking forward to a to a fun season of doing this. Um that's it. Kyle, peace out. See ya. Alrighty. Long night. I'm gonna look peace. into other ways to record. Yeah. All right, all right, nice.